Welcome to another riveting episode of The Art of Living Proactively. Today's episode 240, where I chat with the dynamic Dr. Jonathan Mendoza, also known as Nurse Doza. This episode is jam-packed with juicy tidbits about improving your liver function and overall health. Jonathan shares insightful information on getting lab tests done, monitoring biomarkers, and optimizing not just reaching average health numbers. We dive deep into the prevalence of fatty liver disease, surprising facts about liver health, affecting diabetes and dementia risk, and simple lifestyle tweaks that can enhance your energy and cognition. Jonathan's wisdom will light up your life and liver, so hit that subscriber button on your favorite podcast player to hear our entire energizing conversation. And please leave us glowing reviews. Your feedback means the world. You can also watch on YouTube and leave comments, share this episode with any friends who need a health boost. Now, let's get cracking with the captivating Nurse Doza. Welcome to The Art of Living Proactively. My guest today, Dr. Jonathan Mendoza. How are you, Jonathan? I'm great, Tony. Thanks for having me today. And we're in Texas today. We're in Texas, yeehaw. <laughs> we're in and, Austin, and we actually. Would... We're in Austin. It's a little bit interesting. Well, you think of Texas, think cowboys and all that. Austin is very much corporate. So like everyone's a bunch of, well, they used to call them hipsters and all that stuff here, but everyone wears flip-flops and they're laid back and it's an easy go lifestyle here, but everyone's very healthy and fit, which is not like the rest of Texas. I'll say that. Uh, okay. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So you're, I mean, on screen here, I don't see Jonathan Mendoza. I see Nurse Doza. So tell me more about that. Nurse Doza. So I'm a nurse practitioner. I'm also a chiropractor, hence why the Dr. Mendoza. And I choose to practice mainly as a nurse practitioner because I can do more things. I guess I, I could put it that way. I can talk about more. I have learned how to help people with things like diabetes and heart disease and dementia and liver health issues, autoimmune issues, hormone imbalances. I even have people who come in here, you know, for many, many other chronic illnesses. And so I've learned nutrition, health and wellness as a chiropractor, but as a nurse, I get to apply it. And I think that's why I choose to go by Nurse Doza because, you know, with nursing, nurses are the number one trusted profession in the world. You know, it's a very distinct honor to be considered a nurse, but it's, there's due diligence. And I take that into account every time I show up to practice and, and I apply whatever therapies or modalities I give to people. Cool. Okay. Uh, what was it that got you into doing all this in the first place? Like, what attracted you to health and wellness in the first place? With health and wellness, it was my own background that I guess led me to it. I was younger and I had a back pain issue that really wasn't getting better. And I was given the traditional route, you know, physical therapy, medications, and eventually surgery if needed. But I was maybe 14. And so I was like, this is way too much for a 14 year old. And I wanted to get better naturally, but no one ever told me how to do it. Fortunately, I started getting better by, you know, doing some other things. But then eventually I found out about chiropractic and was funny. I had never gone to a chiropractor before I actually went to chiropractic school. I had never been adjusted. I just read about it and it made sense that the body could heal itself on its own if you just remove some of the obstacles that it's dealing with. 
And th- to me, that resonated. And besides being a natural way to help the body, also, you know, I could help other people, you know, similar issues that I was going through. And so I went to chiropractic school and I learned about nutrition. And in chiropractic school, we are trained as primary care providers. So, you know, we can treat family issues, common issues, but we treat them naturally, right? We don't run to medications. And we incorporate diet and supplements. And so I really learned a lot about nutrition in chiropractic school. And it was then that I knew I wanted to do as much as I could with nutrition. And I learned about vitamins. I learned about amino acids. And you could give these things to people. And it really helped people function better and become healthier. And I learned that I could do this as a nurse practitioner. And I heard about nurse practitioner. So while I was in chiropractic school, I was also going to nursing school at night. Graduated as a chiropractor, graduated as a nurse, then went to nurse practitioner school. And all along, I've had this envision to have my ultimate dream practice. And that's what I'm doing now. But it's funny, that's even shifted in the last couple of years because I think we're seeing problems that are growing that aren't getting addressed, like they should, you know, obesity, heart disease, and all that. And that's where I want to, that's where I want to be, that fight, that battle right there. And, and that's what we're doing right now. And aren't you also trained as a functional medicine practitioner as well? I do have functional medicine training. I have all of that also coming from my chiropractic background because people see physicians, MDs and DOs that go become functional medicine certified. Well, as a chiropractor, that's natural. That's what you're taught, right? You're taught anything from yoga to meditation. I mean, Joe Dispenza himself is a chiropractor, right? And we know what benefits he's shown as far as healing modalities that the body can do. So chiropractors, and I didn't really get this when I was in school, but I get it now. Chiropractors are saying, we're not fixing anyone. The body's going to fix itself. We're just going to help you get there, right? And try not to screw it up along the way. And so in nursing school, it's very different, right? Because they say, give them a pill, right? They have a symptom, give them a pill. And so I was trained so to give you the natural version and then the traditional version in case you wanted an option. so. Do you specialize in any particular type of condition or type of patient or what is the story there? Yeah, I think anything metabolic, like any type of metabolic issue, uh, which that includes diabetes, heart disease, dementia, fatty liver disease, uh, obesity, maybe even digestive issues and autoimmune issues and hormone imbalance, like what I talked about before. And it's a kind of a it, like I said, I'm family practice trained as a chiropractor, family practice, family nurse practitioner. So I love seeing like chronic issues. I like preventing chronic issues, right? So most people who wind up at the hospital, it's already too late, right? Like we should have started it a while ago. But what I've learned is that the traditional people, like all the traditional doctors and nurses in the hospitals and so forth, they're not taught preventative. Like we know this, right? And you know this too. You've had to go out of your way to learn health on your own. Well, so did I. I mean, I had to go out of my way even going through school. And so I, you know, study on the weekends, go to seminars, learn more. But the clinical practice, the best way I've learned is I've applied this in clinic. And I order thousands of labs, blood work on everything you could possibly imagine over the last 12 years. And I've learned so, so much about the human body. So when it comes to metabolic issues, we specialize in the idea of trying to control your metabolism. That way the person can function at an optimal level. And any, I mean, you mentioned that you've learned a lot doing all those sort of 10 and so on. So what, is there anything you can think of that really surprised you in all that experience that you go? 
Uh, yeah, two things actually. One, everyone has a fatty liver. And then two, your fat cells could be the driving force in metabolism and prevention of things like diabetes and dementia. And no one is really talking about that just because it's the newer thing in science that we've learned only in the last like 20 years. Yeah, it's all about the liver and it's about our fat cells. So could you expand on that? So you said everyone's got a fatty liver. So that might surprise some people listening. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so I will use the stats here from the United States. One in four U.S. adults have a fatty liver, and that's according to the CDC. And if you imagine one in four people have a fatty liver, what is exactly a fatty liver? Well, it's an inflamed liver that's not functioning like it should. And most people don't realize this, but the liver does so much for the body. One of the main things it does is it reduces inflammation in the body, which we all know inflammation is a bad thing. Every single disease you can imagine, diabetes, heart disease, dementia, has inflammation in it. So you imagine that if someone has a fatty liver, they have a hard time reducing inflammation, thus reducing the risk of diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. And so if you were to say, all right, I want to get to the root cause because everyone likes that terminology. As a practitioner who's a dreamer, I want to solve the world's problems, right? Not just the U.S. problems. Well, the world's problems are obesity, right? And you say, well, how can you tackle a, a worldwide issue like obesity? I say, well, I want to. And I think we can because if you ad simply address weight loss, we know that scientifically speaking, if everyone's overweight, they could lose weight and that would help them. Well, how are they going to lose weight is the biggest issue. How, how are they going to be successful and continue to lose weight? So we've measured labs, we've done therapies, everything. And you say, what do you specialize in? It's weight loss. And you say, well, that's a very simple approach. I say, yeah, but think about this. I'm a practitioner who's also lost 45 pounds himself and kept it off over 20 years using these same methods. I think we can apply it towards other people as well, and they can be successful just like me. So then you say, okay, what are we really dealing with? All of it came down to addressing the liver. And if you address the liver, then you're taking on the fatty liver. And if one in four U.S. adults have a fatty liver, keep in mind one in, U one in three U.S. adults are also pre-diabetic. One in three U.S. adults have heart disease. And every 65 seconds, someone in this country is diagnosed with dementia. You know, like I said, if you want to say, yeah, I want to help my leaky gut, I want to help my thyroid, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I want to go after the big guns. I want to go after the stuff that people are living with on a daily basis that makes them feel horrible. And they come and complain about it all the time. Usually it's because they want to lose weight, but deep down, I know their metabolism's off. And why do you think fatty liver is much more of a problem now than it was i mean is it just in the last 10 20 years or how long has this been developed that's a great question i would assume and guess that you would probably have a really high increase of fatty liver disease in the last 30 to 40 years so maybe since the 70s or 80s really when processed food in the united states was really becoming really abundant and you imagine the soda wars also escalated it and so now there's a very different terminology used for fatty liver disease now. It used to be called being an alcoholic, right? A cirrhotic liver meant that you consumed too much alcohol and it killed your liver. Well, now we have a whole different term for that. And you can do the same thing without ever consuming alcohol. It's called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And so you imagine that the fast food and the soda are so bad in this country, they were consuming it at a, such an alarming rate that everyone's liver is being beat up and being demolished from this lifestyle. 
and it's not stopping. In fact, every development you go to a neighborhood here in the United States, including Austin, that's growing like crazy, with every new um, neighborhood, there's also a new fast food restaurant and a new Starbucks. And, and there, of course, there's a new CVS and a pharmacy over there to give you medications when you go to the fast food joints too much, right? Because we know that's what happens, right? And so I, like I said, I watch people suffer that don't have to. And maybe I'm that person that's too wide-eyed, but I'm like, well, maybe we could change their minds. Maybe we could get them feeling healthier. And what I've found is people don't want to hear that. Because one, most people don't realize they have a fatty liver, so they can't do something about it if they don't realize they have it, right? But two, they don't associate a fatty liver with anything other than the idea that's just something that happens. And that's the thing that I have the biggest problem with. Most people don't ever do anything about the fatty liver because they're never told what to do about it, right? Because fast food restaurants are illegal. Bars, liquor joints, they're legal. Like till 2 a.m. legal. Like you can consume and literally stuff your liver full of all the fast food burgers and whiskey you want. And no one's going to do anything about it unless you decide to drive. And, and I say, this is allowed. And you imagine this is happening to kids now. Childhood obesity is so bad that this is the first time we have our kids projected to live a shorter life than their parents. So this is serious stuff. And you mentioned that people don't want to hear it. So when you, are you talking about individual patients or you do talks or expand, expand on that? Yeah. So I've had two instances in the last week where I've had two, I call them clients, right? Cause when you call them patients, they think they're sick and I know that there's issues, but I don't want them to have that mentality, right? That they walk around with a label like that. So I say, you're a client, right? So a couple of clients came in and this client, both of them said the same thing. They said, I got an ultrasound, an imaging scan of my liver. And my doctor said, I have a fatty liver, but didn't tell me anything to do about it. And this is very common. And what's fascinating is fatty liver disease, another disease called insulin resistance, which is found in diabetes, those occur usually about 10 or 15 years before the diagnosis of diabetes even occurs. So you imagine when someone's in their teenage years, consuming fast food, drinking too much sodas, right? They're becoming pre-diabetic with a fatty liver when no one's thinking that that's just what teenagers do, right? And then they go to college and that's what they do. Yeah, they're being set up for a lifetime of illness from a very young age. And it is. And with the world, isn't it? It is. And I remember, I don't know if anyone remembers the book, The China Study, but The China Study brought this about, yep, several years ago, Dr. Campbell wrote about fast food being introduced into Asian cultures. And the colon cancer was going up. And that makes sense, right? The colon and the intestinal tract has to absorb all that food. Well, guess what? While all that food passed into the colon, it passed along the liver along the way, right? And so what I imagine is there's not a lot of medicines for the liver. In fact, if you were to overdose off of medications, they would give you, you know, something to help regenerate your liver, right? But there's no medicine for the liver on a chronic long-term basis. But yet every medication, every food, every alcoholic drink, every soda goes through the liver. And so you say worldwide, where's KFC at? Where's McDonald's, right? Coca-Cola. And they pay a lot of good money to be in the vending machines at every school, to be on the billboards, the baseball field, and to be in the programs, right? And they trained us to say, when you get up for breakfast, it's okay to have a soda. 
And it's okay to have one at lunch. And you know, it's okay if you want to have one at dinner time because you can have a diet soda because you're watching your weight. But just always include a Coca-Cola anytime you're around your family because that's where real memories come to life. And you're thinking, this is so cheesy. I'm like, but we bought it. We bought it hook, line, sinker. And we bought it so well to where Coca-Cola knows so much about how sodas affect the health of people that they pay studies to show that it doesn't affect it. And you say, and that's everyone doing that. So you're like, okay, what are our options? I said, the options are probably water or people like that's boring. I'm like, I know it is. And they're like, well, what about the fast food? What should I eat instead? I'm like, cook your own food. You're like, I don't have time. I'm like, okay. All right. So you see, there's a bigger play here, right? Are we conditioned? Are we designed to just fall into this trap of just saying, you just consume whatever is convenient for you now? Because that is seen as normal to have the sodas and the fast food. And when you go against that, then you're almost seen as abnormal, which is crazy, really, isn't it? It is. Like, for example, if you were to tell people years ago that milk was great for you and that butter was going to cause you to have a stroke and have a heart attack, everyone agreed with you because that's what we were told. Nowadays, cow milk's like one of the worst things to put in your body and butter is actually really good for your heart because it's the right kind of fat your heart prefers. And you say, well, what happened there? Marketing dollars. And then you say, well, what's changed? Well, the processing and manufacturing of all that cow milk, because I can tell you right now, Cow milk has been consumed throughout the schools for years and you have it as almost a giveaway, right? Like the schools are giving it from federal grants and you're telling kids now it, you consume milk from the age you're born all the way to you die. And I'm like, no, you're not scientifically mammals aren't supposed to do that. And then two, when did pizza become a vegetable? Because a couple of years ago, the one of our government agencies said, yes, pizza is in fact a vegetable and is allowed to be in the school districts as a vegetable because it has tomatoes on it. This was all true. And this was true. I, was, I could not believe this happened. So I say, they're setting us up for failure. But then you say, okay, well, what can we do? And I say, well, there's a lot you can do, right? You can opt out. And so I tell people, it's very simple. Out of all the science and the advancement in health we found, the most simple things still hold true. Sunlight, sleep, water, movement, good food, um, good people. You know, like, I mean, and people pollute and toxify their lifestyle with people and things and trash media that don't feel, fulfill them and don't give them the things they're looking for. And so they consume other things try to fill that gap. And I know how to deeper to go into it, but we're going right back to the fatty liver. For example, weight loss, right? People come in, they say, I want to lose 20, 30 pounds. And I say, okay, weight loss is always going to be a thing forever. So I'm always going to have a job, right? Just like a chiropractor is going to always have back pain patients, right? So you say, okay, you want to lose weight. You want to lose 20, 30 pounds. Let's start by looking at um, what you're doing in your lifestyle. And usually I ask people, Who's going to support you in your weight loss journey? Like, and people are really surprised because they want me to give them a pill. You know, like the weight loss craze with Ozempic and all the weight loss gamma. What's the new guy going to promote? I'm like, it's community. Is it your spouse that's going to support you? Because most people think it's a pill. And then I say, it's not a pill, it's you. It, it's, that's how you, if you're the problem, you're also the solution. So how can we give you the best support to make sure you're successful? People don't think about it because 
if someone's spouse doesn't support them by not eating the same food, by not listening to what diet they're following, or better yet, doesn't understand what they're doing because they don't ask, right? It's very hard to be successful weight loss. Fill in the blank with diabetes, right? Fill in the blank with dementia, right? And you imagine now we go into the idea of how do we take care of ourselves so we don't have to be reliant on other people? And I say, ah, okay, that is true. However, we are a byproduct of our environment. And so if you say I'm self-made, that's not completely true. I mean, no one's ever been truly self-made, right? I feed off of your energy, Tony, the same way that you feed off of mine, right? And the same way that every listener who listens to your podcast feeds off this energy because it's vibration. And I say, if I'm listening to the Art of Living Proactively podcast, I'm saying, okay, I'm in a community that helps one another. You know, like they're here to help one another. So some people find their community by podcasts, which is why this is so powerful. And so imagine now this person is, is ready to be healthy, right? Like that's the key because no one's there to get them prepared. They have to do it themselves. And unless they stumble upon this podcast, it's going to be really hard to get off the ground. So that's why I usually start with that. But even before I go to like a diet. I mean, you, in what you just said, you mentioned quite a few things essentially, which are the sort of guidelines to live in a more proactive life. You talked about sleep and stress and hydration and so on. But for a lot of people now, that would almost be, from a social perspective, they wouldn't feel right doing some of those things because that would mean maybe not drinking alcohol or not drinking soda, or which is going against the whole sort of social landscape. Sure. So this is why I do lab work. What I have found that people love data, right? We love numbers, right? We like to analyze data. Uh, we like likes and comments, right? We like numbers. We want to see how we're doing. We want awards, we want accolades. So the reason I do lab work is because it's data. It's your data, right? And I highly advise everyone to do yearly lab work, right? Not from the idea that you're looking at diabetes, heart disease. No, it's objective data about how your body's functioning. So like, think about this. I'm a mechanic as a practitioner and you're a car, right? You're not a client, you're a car. And when you do lab work, I can see objective information, which means that I'm not biased in this, right? It's some third party that's ordering this and analyzing it, but it's a standard lab that anyone could do the same thing with. And so when we get those labs, I get a lab report that's in color for our clients. It's green, yellow, and red. So the things are, oh, green's good. Yeah, green's good. Yellow, then red, bad. We got to do something about red. But what happens is it's measurables, right? Just like your Apple watches and you track it. You say, like, okay, I have a baseline. That's right. We have a baseline. What we're going to do is we're going to find the protocol to make these numbers get in optimal ranges. Okay. Now, when we tell this to people, they're either one motivated or two, they're turned off, but they wouldn't be in this position talking to me at this point, right? They'd be like, yeah, I want to know what's going on with me or Figure out and stop taking all the guessing out of it. Tell me what's going on. So when you look at labs, you say, here's a starting point. But because it's in color, but because it's out of range, people get competitive. And they're like, I want to be here, right? I'm like, yeah, you do. And even the husbands and wives are like, wait, how's he doing? Or how's she doing? I'm like, no, you're a man and woman. You're different. Okay. But I like the attitude. I like the motivation, right? So then we, they say, tell me what to do. And what's great about it is if you told someone who was really motivated what to do, you have to make they're accountable on their end and you have to be accountable on your end. And labs hold people accountable. 
because it's like this. I say, okay, we do our labs again in three months, six months, 12 months from now. And we're going to see what to move the needle. And it's great because when the needle moves, it's encouragement. And people say, oh my gosh, like I'm doing this, right? I'm like, yeah, you're doing this. And because you're doing this, here are the benefits. The labs are probably the best way to get someone to have that eye-opening experience, right? And I highly suggest that people do that. That's why I think that's probably the most fun part of my job is getting someone to understand what their body's doing. And so if someone who's not seeing a doctor with the approach that you take, and maybe they are getting some lab results, maybe not on a consistent basis, they're not doing it on an annual basis, for example. And well, and I'm thinking more so the situation we have here in the UK, we've got a system called the NHS. You're probably familiar with yep. well, you know something about I'd imagine. Yep. People here will only get certain blood tests if it's absolutely necessary. Huh. And they won't necessarily them over the years. How could someone go about tracking this? Would it maybe put it on a spreadsheet or what could someone do? That's beautiful. I love this question. So I have people who put their labs on a spreadsheet, Excel sheet. They've had it. They come in and said, here's my last labs over the last 10 years. Now for data junkies like myself, this is great because we have a trend. We can see bell curves and we can see all that's happening. So I'm like, yes. Now for the average person, this is where it gets a little more difficult. The awareness that someone wants to, a change in their life is different for everyone, right? I think because I'm a practitioner, I encounter people who want to change in their life because they don't feel good. Okay. Now, if you have a business that you own, I'm sure you're going to seek help for business coaching or financial advice, stuff like that. Well, people seek me out because they don't feel good. And that could be mental, that could be physical. Right? So I'm like, okay, so I have to troubleshoot the same way. And I have to look at where this person is coming from because a lot of people don't meet me halfway. It was hard enough for them to even speak up, especially with things like depression, right? Like having someone say, I am depressed, I need help is one of the hardest things, especially for a guy to do, right? So the fact that we would have this conversation, I want to make sure we connect, right? Because when we connect, then we can start a deeper conversation. But I really try to help people with behavior change. And this is where it's really difficult because most people don't realize that there's a change that's needed, right? Like I said, fatty liver disease. If everyone knew they had a fatty liver disease, hopefully they'd do something about it. But guess what? There's some people who still don't care, right? And there's some people that's like, you know what? I got to pay bills. I don't have time to sign up for this. I don't have time to, okay, I got kids. And I'm like, fair enough. So I have to ask, and you go back to the basic psychology of people, right? Let's go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So- Maslow says heat, shelter, food, water is important. Like it's a basic essential need for every single human. Well, they updated that in the last 10 years and now health is included on that foundation. And so we're not talking about health in a way of trying to lose weight. We're talking about function. We're talking about necessity. We're talking about the human body was designed to have health. And when a person's healthy, they can do anything in life they want to. And I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're not healthy, you cannot do anything in life. And it's just that simple. So if you taught that to a six-year-old kid, you know, which I taught to my kids, I'm like, this is what you're going to have to learn, son. If you're not healthy, you can't do anything. You won't be able to travel. You won't be able to work hard. You won't enjoy your life afterward. Like you're just going to pay all your bills towards medicine and surgeries. 
And so the people say, well, I can't afford that. And like, well, yeah, but can you afford to be healthy? And they're like, well, how much do I have to invest? I said, well, here's the beauty thing about it. You can do a little something every day for your health. You don't have to buy something big and then wait down the road. And people say, well, what can I do? I say, well, let's go through your everyday routine. Most people are on their cell phone every day, right? Now, this is an easy one. I'm like, okay, could you do less screen time? People are like, yeah, probably. Cool. Could you just not look at your phone 30 minutes before you go to bed or 30 minutes upon waking up? It's like this light bulb goes off. You're like, yeah, I could do that. And I'm like, okay, because I'm going to show you a bunch of research that shows you that cell phone use all day is not good for you. Okay. And they're like, yeah, I figured, but I'm, a, I'm addicted. I have to use it for my business. I'm like, okay, just put it away every now and then. Just be aware of that. Okay. Next part. And then people have sleep issues. There's still no magic pill for sleep. But I have to tell people, I'm like, this is a practice, okay? What can we do to get you prepared for better sleep? Well, stop looking at your phone around 8 p.m. at night is a good start. Don't look at your laptop and the TV screen at the same time. Pick one or the other, right? Heaven forbid you close the laptop at 9 p.m. and go outside and look at the stars, right? Just sit there. Don't look at your phone. Just sit there, look at the stars, and you laugh and you smile. This is the conversation I have to have with 60-year-old grown people who just retired who said, I have all the time in the world. I don't know how to be happy. And I'm like, whoa, they want to come here for weight loss. They want a pill for, I'm like, you mean you don't know how to be happy? And they're like, yes, I don't know what to do with myself. So that's why I stay busy. I build this, I'll consult. I'm like, wow. So that's what I said. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Everyone's after and needs the same thing. They need health and they don't know how to do it. So I tell people like, well, let's bring it back to simple. Sleep, water. Movement, people, nutrition. And you have to do all five of those things on a daily basis. You don't have to buy a lot. You just have to do them. I mean, the sun and sleep, you're just given that, right? And then if you're nice enough, you'll make a friend. And if you need a community, you have us as podcast people. And, you know, as movement goes, you can walk around while you listen to the podcast outside first thing in the morning, right? And you're like, there you go. All right, can you do this every day for the next month and then just see what happens in your life. And if you can get people to agree to that, that is probably even easier than me just saying, here, take a pill, right? Because if they say, yeah, I think I can do, that's one part of it. But here's where it comes in. This is difficult. People want instant gratification. Okay, let's just be honest, right? They're like, I want to know this is working because I don't know. Okay, energy. Let's just talk about that real quick. All right, if I wanted to get someone's attention besides the labs, I want them to have energy. Now, Tony, what's your definition of energy? To be able to do what you want to do. That's awesome. To be able to have the energy to be able to do what you want to do. Okay. Okay. Now, this is perfect. Where do you think your energy to do that comes from? From the mitochondria. <laughs> I love it. All right. You're so smart. Okay. Now, let's play this even further. How do you take care of that mitochondria? Well, by fueling yourself, right, with the food and water and sunlight and so on. Perfect. And you found there's like a recipe for it, right? Okay. And you found there's a recipe that you like that works for you. So that is longevity. That's prevention of disease. That's just getting the most out of life, right? So for the guy that's in Iowa or the guy that's in Montana, right, that's saying, hey, I mean, I got to go to work. I got to take care of it. I got responsibility. I got real life situations. How can you help me? 
he might not want to talk about weight loss and a fatty liver. Let's be honest. And like I said, he likes his cold beers. But what I talked to him about is I'm like, your family's worried about you, buddy, because they want you to stick around. They like you a lot. And they're worried that you're tired all the time and you're not going to be able to keep up with everyday work. He's like, yeah, I'm getting more tired. I'm getting more tired. I just can't keep up. So at that point, I say, okay, I can connect with them. I can help you with more energy. Would you like more energy? They're like, yeah. The problem is the guy thinks it's caffeine that he needs, right? And I tell him like, no, buddy, you're not deficient in caffeine. You're deficient in sleep. And you're like, yeah, my sleep sucks, but what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, you're right. I probably not, I can't sleep for you. But what I can do is, can I suggest a couple of things for you to take at home? All right, now this goes back to the taking the pills thing. And he's like, yeah, I'll take something for energy. I'm like, better yet, would you drink something for energy? They're like, yeah. So years ago, like I said, we love supplements. We created this supplement that comes in like a little packet. It's like a travel packet. And it has natural green tea caffeine. It has a bunch of B vitamins and a bunch of stuff for your liver. We promoted it at first for people who wanted to go out on the weekend and have a good time, right? But then I started telling all the truck drivers and all the teachers, I said, hey, instead of running for another coffee or C4 or monster drink, take one of these instead and see how you feel. And what they would say is they said, I feel incredible. And I said, that's right, because there were things in that multivitamin that your body was missing and you gave yourself the recipe and you function better. And I hate to break it to you, but sugar and caffeine, you're not deficient in that. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I know that. I'm like, okay. So you imagine that if I can get someone to have energy, they know that there's a possibility of more, right? They're like, I could do more. I could feel more. I could sleep more. I can, I'm like, yes, and you're not going to stop. So how can I allow you to continue this lifestyle that you need and not have you crash? And that's where it says weight loss energy. You know, that, that's why I say it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, and one of the things that you talked about just then, when we were going back to the labs and stuff, and you, I like you used the word about doing the lab results to find out to get optimal health. But a lot of people, well, often they're told the lab results recommended lab results rather than being optimal. It's recommended. And that's a that's often about being the average lab results, which is not where you want to be at all. Is it? You definitely want optimal. Rather than the average, because yeah. the average nowadays is really bad. It is. And what I've noticed too, Tony, is the lab changes, the lab ranges have increased over the years. So for example, yeah. there's liver enzyme markers that everyone could check to see if they have fatty liver disease or if they have inflammation and so forth. Well, the ranges used to be this big before, like 10 years ago, and now the ranges are a lot wider, which means it's not like we found a new discovery that it's okay to have you know, more liver enzymes elevated. No, it's like, we can't get these people that, you know, in optimal ranges. So we're going to have to make new optimal ranges. And it's fascinating because we've settled, right? We did it with blood pressure. We raised the blood pressure ranges and the limits you know, we've done it with BMI. In fact, we even did away with BMI recently because they said it doesn't work. And so all these outdated ways to look at the body it's very hard for us to get on board, you know, saying, well, we tried all that. I ordered these labs and I say, okay, well, imagine you go to the doctor and you get up the courage to get the labs done because you did your yearly physical. And then what happens, like you said, I went to the doctor, they said, everything's fine, but I don't feel fine. That frustrated me so much. So I said, I'm going to open a practice and just to answer all those people's questions because they need help. 
So I did that by bit. My practice became that. So I took people's labs that were ordered before and I read them to them. And I went over anything that the other practitioners missed. Now, granted, when I was doing this years ago, there was only a handful of us doing it. Nowadays, there's a lot more functional medicine people doing this. However, there's a lot of labs and there's a lot of interpretations and it's just very complicated. And I like labs because they take the guessing out of things. But when you go to the practitioner, you get the labs done and the doctor doesn't say anything. I'm like, God bless it defeats you, right? Because you're like, oh my gosh, now what? So I say, okay, let's just keep it simple. For anyone who has their own set of labs, you can be your own advocate. You take your labs and you look at the ranges, okay? And you see the range and you say, well, I don't want to be the upper outer, uh, you know, upper in. I don't want to be lower in. I want to be right there in the middle. That's what I want to shoot for. Or if they say it's okay to be here, I want to be just a little above that or just a little below that, right? Like vitamin D. They say vitamin D levels of 30 or below is considered deficient in your lab work. I like people to be at 60 to 70 in their vitamin D levels, right? Because vitamin D is essentially your immune system. And if your vitamin D is deficient, which it is around the world, it's a very fixable issue and it could save your immune system, right? I mean, $30 for a bottle for a whole month or two, like, come on. And then you imagine you go in the labs and you say, well, I checked my hormones. Well, the other problem is, is that there's lots of hormones, like 200 different hormones, right? So checking one hormone is not checking all of them, right? And then cholesterol is not the problem when it comes to heart disease. We mentioned earlier, it's not, it's sugar, right? So what happens with the blood sugar is that people are pre-pre-diabetic and their doctors are okay with it. So they're like, yeah, we'll wait until you become diabetic or try lifestyle exercise and then we'll see what to do. Well, they're not going to change and they're just going to, doctor didn't tell me to do it, you know, so they keep doing what they did. And then the doctors blame the patient. Like they didn't listen to me. I'm like, well, they looked at you with your beer belly and they said, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, whatever. So then you say, what can I do? So you say, well, I have to do my own research. So you listen to a podcast like this, me, you do your labs and then you predict trends on your own. No, I mean, that's really what it has to come down to. But for the people who are lucky enough, please find a functional medicine practitioner who can read your labs because it was a game changer. Your life will be changed forever after that. We're running out of time, but on that related note, the labs that you say, I came and saw you now, you went through my history and talked about any conditions I may have or whatever. I know you may recommend a set of labs for me. They may not necessarily be the same labs that the next person needs and so on. That is true. For what it's worth, I get that part. So I, I have a very basic kind of lab panel that I order for people, like just across the board. And it's stuff that people can check all the time. Like if you want some of the labs, it's like, okay, everyone could check their hemoglobin A1C, which is their sugar. Everyone could check their vitamin D, right? Everyone could check their insulin markers. I think that's a good idea, right? I think everyone should check their liver and kidneys, right? And I think everyone should check their white blood cells, red blood cells. Now, anything outside of that gets a little more scientific. And I think that's where it comes down to talking with someone like me or someone that kind of says, okay, maybe this could be the problem. But across the board, Everyone needs to check all that stuff, right? And then even if the interpretation is not exactly what you're looking for, imagine even from a basic standpoint, some people say, well, I was told I have bad cholesterol. That should still be a red flag. They're like, all right, I just need to at least pay attention to my diet or to my heart, my blood pressure, right? Maybe I need to get an Apple Watch, a wearable device and just track my, my, my resting heart rate. Because here's the thing about wearable devices. 
if you're really wanting to take it up a notch, I love I love Apple Watch, I love Aura, and I use BioStrap. And I track my sleep and my heart on those devices because it gives you objective data in real time throughout the day, and you can pick up how you're responding to stress based off your heartbeat. To me, that's invaluable. To me, I, I mean, right up there with the glucose monitor, you're like, okay, I have labs, I have a wearable device, I have a glucose monitor. I can track everything in my system and how my body's functioning. For the people who want to simplify it, this is how you do it at home. Let's say you don't get labs. This is how you see if you're healthy. Are your poops consistent and you're going daily, usually after meals? Are you feeling refreshed after you wake up from sleep? Do you have consistent energy throughout the day? You shouldn't be tired any part throughout the day. And I would probably say, are you actively moving around 20, 30 minutes a day, right? Like you're just standing, you're moving around, do like that. And then you, that's what I ask for most people. Now, a good diet, I mean, that's a bonus because we know what diet looks like. In fact, I think people do better when they don't eat, like in a fasted state, right? You know about autophagy, right? So it's getting people to get on board with wherever they're at in their own personal journey. So if you're like, okay, let's take it up a notch. I recommend supplementation. Because I'm just not going to eat 20 bags of kale. I just, I'm not going to do that. So I take very specific supplements based off my lab work. So for example, when I do those labs, which I've done for myself and for all my clients, they'll say, what do I take? I say, okay, change this, change this, and then take this supplement. The ones that I always prefer people to take are liver supplements, like liver support supplements, adrenal support supplements, and something for cognition. And I say this because you imagine, well, that's kind of everyone. I'm like, yeah, you're always going to be stressed, which means you're going to need a detox inflammation that comes from the liver. And then uh, the adrenal glands produce cortisol, dopamine, and adrenaline, which means you're going to be stressed all the time and stress your adrenals. That's life. So you need adrenal support. And then your brain, I mean, come on, focus, mood, depression, sleep, right? So that's what I take on a daily basis. And what I've noticed because I take them, I feel the difference. I talk like this, I think like this because I'm always firing all cylinders. And when I eat the wrong thing or I miss out on sleep or I miss out on a sauna time, an adjustment, I can see it reflect in my labs. And I don't need my lab, you know, the 20th time over to tell me like, dude, you don't do well with sugar. Like you need to cut it out. Like stop eating late night. I'm like, okay. Or take something for my sugar and my insulin because I genetically have problems with it. So in the morning, I take resveratrol. And I love resveratrol because from a longevity standpoint, I think it's superior than metformin. And the reason why is because I know you like metformin and probably other people do. Metformin is a medication and the purpose of it is to regulate your insulin and your blood sugar, which has been proven to promote longevity. We know this, right? People who don't have very good insulin or blood sugar, they don't live very long and I've seen it in my lab. So I'm like, okay, I need to control my insulin blood sugar the second I get up. So I take resveratrol first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. And I've noticed it gives me sustainable energy. Take it a step further. I included green tea. All right. Green tea, resveratrol helps control insulin. And I'm like, okay, let me go check my labs. Guess what? In my labs, my A1C, my insulin's improved. When I've done fasting, it's improved as well. So I'm like, this is why it's down to a science. And for the people out there who are like, where can I get started? Do a liver detox. All right. Like, a liver detox supplement, like, well, ours is liver love, but like anacetylcysteine, NAC, a milk thistle, DIM, turmeric, resveratrol, like all those things promote liver function at its highest level. So if you do that, 
imagine you're cleaning out your refrigerator. And when was the last time you cleaned out your refrigerator, right? Time is flying by. So I'm going to, as we come towards the end, I prepped you on this question uh, just before we started recording. If you were to think of a book that's really moved you, what comes to mind? Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. Everyone should read that book. It talks about level of consciousness. It changed my life. And when, how long ago was it you read that? Probably about 12 years ago. And I didn't understand it the first time. You might not either if you read it for the first time, but I keep reading it. I keep applying it in life. It's almost like a manual for how to interpret the human experience. Um, I'll make sure to look that one up. So nice. if people want to find out more about you, where would they go? Uh, I mean, if people want to find out about your supplement and so on. You can find me online at Nurse Doza. That's across the board, TikTok, YouTube. We have a podcast called the School of Doza Podcast. In fact, you asked about the labs. We have a whole podcast talking about what labs everyone should get. And then it gives interpretation just in case you want to follow at home. And then for the supplements, if you wanted to find that liver love, I do vitamins.com uh, is the best place to go to it. And then if they find some anything else in there that's, that um, tickles your fancy, all of them are liver support supplements and they support your brain as well. I can't remember who it was. I was speaking to one of your team and they mentioned that our listeners will get an exclusive discount. So yes. is there a yes. code they need to use? There'll, there'll be a code. There will be listed and provided. I don't want to say it just yet because I'm pretty sure that the team says, no, we got a certain code coming, but yes. If anyone wants to try the liver love, we're going to get a discount code for you. That way you can try it. And, on, and by the way, it's a two-month supply in that bottle. I just want to point that out. And just look, that will be all that information will be in the show notes. So just look underneath, that will be in the show notes. So just to finish, Jonathan, is there a quotation you particularly like? Your body is the only place you live. Please take care of it. And when... Do you remember who, who said that one when you first heard it? I'm probably going to misquote it. I think it might have been Jim Rohn. And I put this up in front of my desk 10 years ago. And like I said, it has new meaning for me every single day. If you were to leave um, the listeners with a, a kind of overall message on some of the things you've been talking about, what would it be? Take care of your liver. And don't wait too long. You can do something every day for it. And your body will thank you for it tomorrow. Fantastic. Jonathan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Tony. On next week's enlightening episode, I'll be chatting with the radiant Helen Luxer, Norway's leading lifestyle advisor. Helen illuminates the path to self-care and fulfillment through her seven pillars for shining your brightest. We'll discuss the joys of giving to yourself first, the art of letting go through meditation, and the riveting recipe for attracting your ideal partner. Ella shares brilliant insights from overcoming adversity, plus simple, sage advice for parenting and finding your purpose. Tuning for an uplifting and inspiring conversation with the insightful Ella Looks. Please subscribe now on your favorite podcast player. It'd be great if you can leave us a five-star review. Your feedback means the world. You can find us on YouTube and leave comments there and help spread the light and love by sharing this episode with friends. See you next week for more luminous lessons with Helen. Stay proactive out there. Cheers.